We're sorry. All of our representatives are still assisting other customers. Please remain on the line as we value your call. All right, welcome back to another edition of Disconnected. Here yeah, with Brian. If you're new here, my name is Steve. Um, <laughs> hey, Steve. Hey, Steve. Um, Brian here. So, um, how's everything going with you, man? Lately? Been all right, man. Been all right. No, yeah. no complaints. Real low key. Yeah. Um, you know, keeping it really ghost like. Would you meditate today? Every day. Yeah. Every day. I actually meditated today on the way here. I normally don't meditate as much. Yeah. I was really in need of it this morning. So I did it while I was driving. It wasn't a full sit and meditate. Okay, wait. All right. <laughs> hey, man, don't meditate and drive. <laughs> hey, man, look, you got to do what you can. Man. Okay, you in the zone then. Yeah, I'm in the zone. I, I okay, just, I, right. just, I just kind of focused in, quieted out the noise. Oh, no, that's dope. That's dope. You know I, what I mean? I, I thought you were like full-blown like... Fuck everybody! I'm gonna close my eyes and I was, know, I was in the Tesla. Wherever it takes me, yeah, <laughs> I like, was in the Tesla on the way here. Nah, don't do, don't do that. Uh, nah, but I did meditate today. I really needed this morning for whatever reason. I just woke up with a different energy. Um, I can't explain as to why. Um, I definitely felt a little bit more grumpy today. Right. I've, been, I've been sick for the past couple of days, and today likely would be one of my best days. You know, coming out. Of, I don't got the Rona. Um, <laughs> coming out of the sickness, I had, a, I had a cold, but um, coming out of all of that, I just think that uh, I don't know. I'm, I woke up a little grumpy today, so I felt like I needed to meditate. And what was it like after? Because I know you said before you don't meditate at all because it's kind of like a thing for you, yeah. So, what was the outcome? Um, it was good, I think it, I think it centered me and just allowed me to kind of focus on the things that will make me happy and switch my mood mm. versus when I'm when I don't meditate and I'm I'm off on a tangent in my brain the tangent just keeps going to where meditation kind of centers me back to say all right well listen to like my favorite song is Anita Baker Angel and that song always kind of brings me back to life I went back and listened to that thing and man I think I, I think it's necessary to let off the energy sometimes. No, definitely. But I, I just remember I told you I hate the sound of my voice. Right. But I definitely sounded like you know that meme with the kid yelling, when you, when you, when you, you know like yeah. that is what I sounded like <laughs> for like two hours. Uh, I was like, Oh, somebody shut me the fuck up. Yeah. But again, you gotta release the pressure on the valve, so that was very I, I think I think it was a necessary episode. We we got to know more into <laughs> Steve. For the most part. Yeah. Nobody really wants to know, but yeah. I'm gonna tell you anyway. Out here, all right. So I came across this documentary called "The Social Dilemma." Okay. And this guy um, worked in the tech field. It's a lot of people that worked in the tech field, Silicon Valley, shit like that. Right. Facebook, Snapchat, like all the apps, all the apps we deal with day to day. And they're talking about how, in particular, these apps are now shaping how you think shaping what you see you are basically you are you are the product right yeah. from it started with google mail from from google mail to everything now like you're the product everything that you get free isn't free you yourself are where they drive ads and where they drive like your timeline is cultivated to you so a lot of the times when you think that 
the things you're exposed to, everybody else is exposed to, is not. Like, you'll see completely different things. So when you develop an idea of something, like if you clicked, if you happen to see, let's say you're scrolling and you happen to see a video about police brutality, it knows how long that that video was on your screen as you were scrolling, right? Which would also cultivate now how your timeline is. Now, especially like if you commented or liked it or shared it or something, now what they're going to do is they're going to specifically uh, ensure your timeline is filled with things similar to that. Yeah. So that's going to drive the way you think. It's going to drive the mm-hmm. way you purchase things. It's mm-hmm. going to drive the way you feel. You're talking about it on a smaller scale, but even on a larger scale, Google is that way. No, right. So just it, just it, type in that first word. Yeah. So it started with Google. Yeah. And the practices that were at Google were now adopted by other places. So now, again, so let's think about the the Russian thing where they said that they they hacked they hacked mm-hmm. the election or they hacked Facebook. How can you hack something you can just openly just get to? They didn't right. they didn't hack it. All they did was flood it with the things that they know that emotionally will push you, right? And drive you in a certain way. So look at it, everything right now, especially with um political uh, with politics, the divide there. Let's look at racial tension. Let's look at police brutality. All that is connected because you may see a series of videos that relate to the things that you may or may not like. I may see memes all day. So now you're coming from this place and you're commenting from this place and I may disagree with that. So now I'm button heads with you and all that interaction does nothing but does nothing for us, but cause a riff, but for that for that app that's more interaction that's more engagement that's more ads they can push towards and and build revenue streams from and it's basically saying how it is built to keep you on your phone on these apps for as long as possible yeah i believe it is this 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 generation the flood it's like you can you can be a millionaire without ever leaving your house and but the thing the thing about it is, um, let's think about like think about the messages you get on your phone randomly, notifications that really don't you don't got anything to do with you. Yeah. Like I'll get an Uber Eats notification like randomly, but my notifications are turned off for that. But it'll say, Oh, it's time to eat. So and so has a blah 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 in your area. Yeah. I got GPS turned off. You know what I'm saying? So it it's triangulating off of other apps where I'm at and sending me these messages and trying to keep me opening the app to spend more time on it. And if I spend more time on it, I'm more than likely to buy something. More time on it, you're spending more data, which calls for a bigger cell phone package, which calls for a more expensive cell phone. Like it, it's it is it's shaping our lives. It's shaping the way we think. It's shaping the way we view the world. Right. And no one, I'm not going to say no one, a lot of people aren't even considering that the ideas that they have mm-hmm. are not even their own ideas. Like those are ideas that were basically planted in you mm-hmm. through something you see all the time. So when I see like all this stuff, 
I always, I always consider who's posting it, where they get it from, what exactly did they post, and is it credible? Like I have to consider all these things because I understand that in the information age, yeah. we don't really rely on information. We rely on memes. Headlines. And, right. And, and, and clickbait and yeah. stuff like that. So, so when I, I asked you this earlier, are we doing ourselves a disservice by not just following the curve? What do you mean the curve? The curve of technology and the, the wave or curve of technology and the way that social media controls and directs our everyday life. And that's what this is. Like we, you said, are we doing a disservice by are not? We, are we doing ourselves a disservice by, by not just following along? Because I feel like as the older generation, we kind of begin to resist that pull a lot. I mean, just from technology till now, like you said, in, in this decade, how much it has boomed. Resisting use of technology? Re- resisting, resist, resisting the change of how much technology has evolved. Well, I don't think there's a change. Well, no, I don't, I don't think there's resistance. Yeah. Because everyone is, everyone is using, everyone's using social media. Right. In some way, shape, or form, they're using it. Right. But... The reason why I say I don't think there's a resistance to it is because that's where a lot of people get their information from. They don't check it anymore. They don't, a lot of people don't, like, you don't, you're not going to sit down and watch the news. Like, you've got, you've got a computer in your pocket. Yeah. I can go to several different apps and pull what's going on right now, real time. Like, instead of coming home, waiting till 10 o'clock, watch the 10 o'clock news to get my information. Like I know what's going on right now in my area, um, three states away around the world and all the things that are affecting me and others like in real time. So do, so I don't think there's a resistance to that. I think that the adaption to that model is also hurting us because we're not necessarily in control of what we see in here. Like it's not, um, it is not like a, an open source type thing to right. where it's being fed by the users. Like the, there's somebody pulling the strings and letting you see yeah. what's coming across your timeline or, you know, the, the sensationalized stuff that's going to affect you to some degree. There's somebody that's in control of that. Yeah. So it's like a, it is a yes and no type situation. Yeah. So do you think we should just, re- like I said, kind of resist and just remove all social media? And and so that way, I mean, that, that's the best way for us to control what information we receive. Because this is, I mean, this goes back to the propaganda era, right? Very much. It's just evolved. Yes. Right? Yes and no. Perfect world? Yes. Yeah. Right? Ease a lot of things. But it would slow down communication to back what we used to have. Yeah. Right? Um, but no, because of having that access of real time information that we can get and use, it's just, we should be smarter about how we use things and what we do with these things. These things have act like one app has access to like several layers of your phone that you're not aware of. If you even read one of those user agreements, you would be hesitant about putting these apps on your phone because of how much access you're giving it to your phone. Yeah. So, but even in that, you still kind of, it's like a necessary evil. You need it for specific things. But, I mean, what are you going to do, you know? You're going to sacrifice something. You're going to sacrifice something by staying off of it. Right. And you're going to sacrifice something by staying on it. Yeah. Um, Like you said, I I think it's just really a necessary evil. 
and it's all like I, I've had times where I bounce on and off of it. Same. So I go, I'll be off for months, and like just this last time I got off, and I was like, I'm not going back. I could feel the difference, and now I'm back on it, but I'm more so contr- like I'm really limited in how much time I spend there. Exactly. I go through, I read the people, I watch the people's stories that I actually like that are my on my friends list. And maybe I check my DMs. I don't really send too many memes or videos anymore. And I just more so kind of check in, check out. Necessary evil for business type work related things and family shit. And that's about it. Like all the other stuff, I'm cool. Um, Like Facebook, I delete that thing like monthly because I would, I know that I would get messages on it. So I would like, yeah. I would download it at a specific time of the month, look at it, go through my messages, yeah. boom, 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 and then just like. But after a while, I was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not on here posting, so it's yeah. like, why do I even have this thing? Yeah, I haven't had Facebook on my phone in months. Yeah, so it was just like, I delete yeah. the app, and then if you need to communicate with me, hit me up on Messenger or something like yeah. that, because that's a lot easier to do. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like as social media has come in and out, and like you know, Snapchat looked like it was on its way out. But some some kind of way is still hanging on yeah, for I dear deleted, life. Deleted that too. Like yeah. I have it. I don't post on there at all. I have some people on there for that. And it's also weird how people people uh, kind of single out, you know, their favorite social media app. Yeah. And there's there's no rhyme or rhythm to it. No, it's like yeah. Some people like Just Snapchat. Like me, I like Twitter because yeah. it's like real time. Um, my timeline is basically the people that I choose. Yeah. Even I understand like ads and all that shit yeah. gets snuck in there. Yeah. I understand that. But for the most part, like the information that I want when yeah. I want it is there. The memes that I want are there. Twitter's yeah. also, I mean, between Twitter and Reddit, they kind of run neck and neck kind of. for first source of information, right? Yeah. Reddit is yeah. Reddit is like a rabbit hole. Yeah, re- rabbit is not rabbit. <laughs> Reddit is normally my go-to. Like, if I want to find out some information, I normally go and Google. I type in whatever I'm looking for, and then Reddit Red on the pops end. up and then run up and then. And that's that's the that's dance, keep it hand, jam it, down the boulevard, swing, trunk still bang, spring still hang, old habits die hard, ain't shit changed, bubble still recline, still swing it bang. I remember when I used to roll a bucket, no duck it to my name and my soul. Hoes used to front everywhere I go. Shit changed cause we own Now I'm tailor made chopping blades and I'm grown Now them same hoes won't leave me alone That's cool So now usually I don't boast the brag But today different went from bucket break Scraping the swinging like Kenny Griffith I was stronger than a motherfucker When I was younger got my weight up like a jumper Now I'm solid with these numbers Maxing out on these hoes Marinated my pimping cause when you season they peep in and scrape it so speaking of that, have you did you check out the Mike Tyson uh, um, interview on the Joe Rogan podcast? Yeah. Okay. Um, so man, he's about to fight again. He's fighting uh, Roy Jones. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I think about that yet. Uh, he looks good though. I'm a, it's gonna be something. Yeah. I don't know what to put of it, but yeah. they don't. They look like you know two different weight classes, just yeah. two different fighters, but. With the rule set, too, I don't even know how long those rules are going to actually last with yeah. those two. What kind of rules do they have? Because it's supposed to be, like, no knockout rule or something like that. And uh, I think it's, like, restricted hitting to specific places. 
You got Mike Tyson in the ring. Uh, I don't know how, how good that's going to go. Yeah, so they they're gonna be they're going to become the fighters that they are yeah. or they're known for. So speaking of that, Joe Rogan, I, you know, as a fan of Mike Tyson, I think like anybody would, he seems super excited and trying to like hype Mike Tyson up into going back into that that psychopath Mike Tyson that we saw, you know, in his heyday. And Mike Tyson kind of looked afraid to return to that mental chaos because he he felt like that was to me it almost seemed like it was a something that he struggled to get away from to get away from that person he said his ego was just such at a high level and uh he literally thought the way that he spoke yeah so so he would say we've heard some of his interviews yeah and some of the wild stuff he would say but joe rogan was like come on as a fan i think as a fan of any of any you know um, possibly one of the, I guess, one of the greatest of all times we could call Mike Tyson. Definitely. Um, but Mike Tyson looked afraid to go back into that chaos or into that mindset that he was when he was a young fighter at 53? Yeah, 53, 54, something like that. Yeah, he's up there. So what do you think about, like, what if somebody said, hey, we want you to go back to the old Steve from 18 years old? Would you be afraid to go back to that? Would you have some resentment and trying to return back to being that angry. Yeah. Being that. Definitely. There's this quote. I don't know where it's from, but I've heard it and it makes sense to me. It says, no one knows the level of violence it took to remain this calm. Right. Or be at peace, depending on who you hear it from. And that's when I think of Mike Tyson now, that's, that is who I see. Like no one knows not only the, the demons he faced in the ring, but outside of the ring and with himself, like just think of the span of his career and the highs and his highs and lows, right? Um, we don't know exactly what he's had to deal with, but we've also known that he's worked through and is working through all those things right now. And for him to have to return to the place that he was at his lowest and he himself has said he never wants to go back like I can I can understand that. I can understand like having to face that because no matter how in control he is right now, there's still the fear of being that guy in him, especially if he returns to the place where that guy thrived. Yeah, because he, he talked about that. He talked about he said, um, you know, I used to yell at my wife and he's like, Thank he's like, Thank God for my wife for putting up with me. Yeah. He's like he said he, he had to start um smoking weed to like himself. He said he's like he, he said he just talked about going through therapy and all the things it took for him to get to the place that he is now and trying to return. He's already quit smoking weed to start training for the fight. Yeah. So he's just like like I said, Joe Rogan was just like, "Come on, Mike, are you are you are you just getting are you getting up there just thinking about the fight coming?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, I just I just want to see it for the day." Like you think with Mike though, right? Even like. Because I, I love Mike Tyson. Like, For sure. If there's, if Mike, there's, I don't want no smoke. Sorry about that. Any role model as far as someone who has made that change and like looked at themselves truly and kind of like, you know, made it a point to progress outside of who you knew them as, right? Um, I love them for that. But in the same sense, <clears throat> I 
as a fan, you want you want that rage. But I feel like the day of the fight, the day of the fight is probably the the time he's gonna allow himself to open that door. Right. Anything before that would be like, ah oh, shit. But for him, I think he just wants to open that door or let that door unlock for that small moment. For that small moment. He's going to allow it to happen, you know, because he has to mentally be in that space. He has to return there, like, to to perform the way he performs. Right. He has to allow himself to be who he was. But he has to have control of it. And and I, I think that's why he's really reluctant about, like, even, you know, entertaining those questions or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. Because he, he only he knows, only he knows what lies behind there. Right. You know? And on that topic, too, he was also trying to push Mike Tyson into being a, a boxing coach. Mm. And Mike is like, you know, you have to be a special kind of person to do that, and that's not for me. And this, to me, goes back to, like, the crowd again. And they kind of sat on this topic for a little bit, like, nah, Mike Tyson, you'd be a really good coach. And he's like, nah, I don't, I don't want to be a coach. Like, it's, it's not for me. Like, I don't want to be, you have to be, he's like, you have to be a counselor. You got to be a mom. You got to be a dad. You have to wear too many hats to be a coach yeah. of a professional athlete, and he doesn't want to take on that weight. But like Joe Rogan is like, nah, I think you'll be great. You're one of the best ever. But I think it just it it goes back to you know what I talk about the quiet in the crowd, because a, a lot of times the crowd may have good intentions for you and may see you going a way that you don't necessarily see for yourself, yeah. and it causes an internal conflict, right? Like somebody may, hey Steve, we heard you freestyle, bro. You'd be a really good rapper. I'm not. But you like, nah, I want to do this. Like I'm really <laughs> I really want I really want to do this, but we're trying to push you that direction when you're like, no, I've already explored this avenue. I no longer want to explore that anymore. I want to go this way. Mm. But a lot of times the crowd can cause some internal conflict because they're rooting for you to go this other direction and you don't even see that for yourself. He probably did at one time, because I, I remember he would like give give his like, insight to these younger fighters and how they can improve certain things or like in their mannerisms, their movements in the ring. But he also understands what it took for someone to put into him. Yeah. yeah. He don't want that. Um, they also talked about a, um, a documentary, Mike Tyson's movie coming out. How you feel about uh, Jamie Foxx playing Mike Tyson as a, as a movie uh, buff as you are? He should have done it. He should have done it a while ago. Okay. A while ago. But again... It wasn't the right time. Yeah. Now is the right time. Um, I just look forward to it because he's been playing. He's been mimicking Mike Tyson since in Living Color days, for sure. So he's had years to perfect it, decades if not. So and, I mean, Mike. My, I mean, not Mike Tyson. Jamie Foxx is a problem. And then the is way what, he quadruple threat. The way he described the opening of the movie, like how it plays out, how it unfolds. It just sounds like something. It's just cinematic. It just sounds like something you want to watch. I'm gonna still kill the movie, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he actually said him and um, he said him and Jamie Foxx are really good friends. He's like he like I can basically I can die right now, and he's like I think Jamie Foxx will still kill the role because because Joe Rogan was asking him, hey, do you think you is has Jamie Foxx already set up time to come out and kind of learn your mannerisms and learn all these things? Like he's like Jamie Foxx he's already, always had him. He's like he already knows all mannerisms. He always had him. He's like I can he's like I can go today and Jamie Foxx would be just fine. He's always had him. Like if you just watch him make fun of Mike Tyson, like you just know. Yeah. Like he knows this dude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So imagine, I mean, he's got to get in body shape 
to play Mike Tyson. He's got to gain weight. Yeah. Got to gain muscle. Got to yeah. lose muscle. It's going to be. That's going to be tough. It's going to be a minute. Yeah. It's going to be a lot, of, a lot of discipline. And Mike Tyson kind of covers something about discipline in the pod. He said, discipline is doing the things you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. Yeah, I can see that. Discipline is doing the things you hate to do, but doing them like you love it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty. Thought that was pretty cool. A little gem I picked up. America is in this weird, just this weird place right now, and with every thing that happens, there's always some form of reaction. Do you think America is becoming performative? in responses to racial injustices versus um, actually just addressing it? Do you think they just do things out of saying sorry as opposed to let's fix this thing? I think they're doing things um, out opposed to saying sorry versus actually addressing the issue. And you know me, I always like to call a spade a spade, but this is what I feel. I don't think that any cop or any human being wakes up and decides that hey, I'm going to go kill somebody today or I'm going to put my knee on their neck or any cop or anybody in law enforcement plans their day or plans a encounter with a black person to go that way. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think that they intentionally drive out and say, hey, I can't wait to catch a black guy. But what I do think is, is that their response to us is less than that of a dog. And their, their care for us in that moment of, of uh, overreacting, as like we talked about earlier, not being able to control your emotions. Yeah. I think their respect for us in those moments is obviously is, is zero. You said in those moments, like... I don't... Because, like, I, I don't... I, I don't like what we talked about last time. I don't want to give people too much credit to think that people just walk around 24 bases being... Um, being racist. Everybody's not even eligible to be racist. No, but it's sometimes it's just an unconscious bias. Right. But do you that, but, but do you think that cops sign on the jobs to intentionally say, "Hey, look, I'm going to kill black people and I'm gonna sh-. I don't think that that's their intent." I can't say that it hasn't happened, but I will say that I don't think that is what happens. Yeah. But also, people have unconscious biases. And what I mean by that is you have people who police areas that they don't live in, that they haven't grown Mm -hmm. up in, they don't have a rapport in. And they also, whether they realize it or not, Mm -hmm. have a certain outlook on a group of people. So when you're around them all the time, when you always, your job is to be there and keep the peace yeah. and you're always responding to things and always doing, like you you start to develop these like again more biases that you yeah. and prejudices that you don't necessarily may pick up on yeah. so the way you react to one person versus a person that looks completely different yeah. will be different because yeah. if the majority of your interactions yeah to maintain the peace are with someone that looks like me Mm -hmm. or you, right? Then you start to get that kind of like the, like, you know, like that, 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 um, that, um, reflective, reflexive response to things. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, like, yo, and, and you react how you react. And then anything, and, I think that that plays into the escalation of things. Yeah, and right, and I, I agree with you there. But I but I think it 
we focus in on the violence part of it, but we haven't even got to the part of black men in the courtroom, right? Well, the you, the, you, sent, the well, sentencing is... Well, you have to go through one thing to get to the other. And we got to at least get to the courtroom first, huh? You, I guess. Well, you got to get arrested to get to the courtroom. True. Right? And if you, if you, if you look at how those situations progress, and I'm not talking about the murder, I'm talking about like the the crime or perceived crime committed, uh, person apprehended, mm. then you go through the judicial system and then punishments you receive. Right. Completely different based on how you look and who you're dealing with. Right. Those all are tied in together and they all play a part in all of this. I don't like to say the word systematic, um, but there is some thing, there's like this unspoken uh, unspoken rule yeah. of how people get managed in certain situations. Like the, your respect level, like it's the same thing of when someone sees you a certain way, like someone sees you and they make their own interpretation of you. There's a book by Malcolm Gladwell called Perfect, um, Talking to Strangers. And it basically talks about how the same thing where when people see you, it's automatically their Im, their implied thought is the thing. So like, um, for instance, I don't speak often. I walk down the hallway. My face is my face. Yeah. And every day, at least one person's going to ask me, am I all right? Or why do I look upset? Now, you would think that after the second or third time of asking me that, they would kind of understand that if I look like this every day, this is just my face, but everyone always makes the interpretation of what happiness looks like, what sadness looks like. Like, so when they see you, if you don't look like what their picture of happiness or okay is, then, Hey, why do you look like this? Like, why are you upset? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, why the fuck would I be upset? Because I'm not smiling or I'm not doing the thing that you're used to. There's a, there's a, um, this expectation that you have to look and move like X, Y, and Z to fit a mold. Right. right? But in his, in his thing, in his book, he's basically saying like, you don't know what someone is or isn't. Yeah. So for you, so like if a cop comes up to you and they're like, a cop comes up to me and he's talking to me and I'm responding. And he's like, well, why are you being aggressive? He's like, this is how I talk. Right. Like if, if I've spent all my years in New York and I adapt that vernacular, when I speak, I speak, I speak with the aggression. I speak with the assertiveness. I talk on my hands. Yeah. You going to perceive that as yeah. bad. Yeah. Most, most people hate East coast people. No, but here's my thing, though. You run into a cop, they're not used to that. The first thing they say, oh, this guy's aggressive or he's upset or something. It's like, did you ever consider that I'm not from here? Like, yeah. if I'm like if I'm pulled over in California and I grew up in New York and I'm talking to this guy a certain way, yeah. he's going to think like, oh, something's, uh, sir, I need you to calm down. And, and now, if I'm looking confused, it's because, like, what the fuck you mean calm down? Like, yeah. I'm not even upset. I'm not wired up. So well, that's I, a lot. That's a lot of that's a lot of those interactions. Like someone expects you to to react in the manner that they want you to 
not considering that you are not them, they are not you. There's going to be differences in that, but also other people can't manage their emotions. A lot, a lot of these uh, videos are hard to watch. I just saw one yesterday, or maybe it was early this morning. It was a woman, she's on an airplane, and I think she was trying to get to the bathroom, and the stewardess tried to get by her, and instead of the stewardess being like, you know, hey, ma'am, excuse me, she kind of nudged her and tried to slow and tried to get past her. And the black lady pushed it, pushed kind of, kind of shrugged the attendant back, not pushed her. was like, Hey, I'm waiting to get into the bathroom. You're going to wait. So an argument ensued and she's arguing with like three white women versus a black lady. And I think she was righteous in her response and in, and in, in her trying to protect herself. But I think we'd lose that battle every time. Cause she ended up telling the white lady like, "Shut up!" She got her hands in her face, and the I, I get it, I get it. But we lose when we respond that way. It's like you have to change the way you feel when you feel disrespected. So me as a person, I'm, I watched the situation, and I was also confused as to how she maturely handles that situation. Cause like when you, cause for us, I think we have that insecurity as being less than or being treated less than. So the moment that we're approached with less than behavior. Well, how's it an insecurity if the world shows you the same thing over and over? It is because... It, doesn't it become a reality at that I point? I mean, it, it is a reality, but it's only reality with us. When we, when we get pulled over, when we get pulled over or when we become it, we get into those circumstances, um, they don't look at it as, oh, that was your reality in that moment. They're going to look at me as snapping on some white ladies and putting my hands in their faces, and they're probably going to take me to jail. Even though I was disrespected, even though she pushed me, you know, like... Like, I would get pulled over. I would roll all the windows down. Yeah. Right? Because it's tense. So I roll all the windows down. Yeah. Take the key out. And I did this before. And a friend of mine told me, yo, why are you doing that if you're not guilty? I was like, because I have to do that. Yeah. Right? It, because from an experience prior to that one, I stopped. I rolled my driver's side window down. Kept my hands on the steering wheel. Comes up. Who's in the vehicle with you? No one. How do I know that? Um, you just asked me. I just told you. Yeah. It's like, well, how about the car? I was like, well, what did I do? I said, how about the car? Oh, all right. Yeah. So I get out the car. Yeah. When I ask you a question, you answer me. Okay, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's what I've been doing. So maybe I missed a question, sir. Are you getting smart with me? Yes, because I'm not stupid, but I also don't want to come across as stupid. That's and if you're asking me a question, I want to answer you. So again, sir, did I miss a question? License or registration? I can't do that because it's in the car. And if I go in the car, it would seem as if I'm not listening to you. It got so fucking quiet. Okay, you know why I stopped you? No, sir, I did not. Well, you're going 77. Yes, Belem is 75. And cars are passing me. Yeah, but you were going 77. Got it, sir. Can I just get my ticket to go? Or why do you need a ticket? You just told me I broke the law. Like, you see, this is where it's going. So I was just like, you know what? Do whatever this meant. Okay. I was like, can I just go in the car? Like, and just get you what you need. 
Yeah, do it slowly. Alright, cool. Get him everything. Oh, you in the service? Yes, sir. You should have just said that. registrations in the club compartment but I only reach for it when you ask me so he's like you don't have to do all this I like the last time I needed to do this I didn't get the opportunity to I just want to make sure you and I don't have any issues and he felt more embarrassed for me having to do all of that than actually anything else and he let me go because look at the lens I had to go just to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so basically, roll, you said roll down the windows. I, I rolled down all four windows. Yeah. I put the uh, the back lights on the and the front two lights on. And then I took the key out the, put on the, the dashboard. Put on the dashboard, put both hands on the stairwell. Hopefully that gets me out of a ticket one day. And he was just like, because like, you could tell it was, he was so uncomfortable. Because he could tell, like, I've gone through something before. I don't want no problems. And so, but, but it's stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, like, oh, man, cops are fucked up. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the reality for some people is just a little bit different based off their experiences and, and you know, outcomes. So... It, and then the person that you come, the person that you're interacting with, you don't know what kind of day they had. You don't know what kind of shit from home they're bringing to work. So it's like, maybe he would have felt offended that I did all that shit and then wanted to beat my ass. Like, I don't, it's, it's all in the, it's like a perfect storm of fuckery. Like, it takes a lot of things. But more importantly, what we're seeing more now is Cops are just, some cops are so ready to fly off the handle that it's just becoming like, it's just becoming a bad situation for everybody. They don't know how to control themselves. Maybe there aren't enough things afforded to them. I got a friend of mine who's actually a cop in DC. He was, he's a bike cop. Yeah. And he was just out. He, he's out. Um, they're like a team. 
and there was uh, he's just there on post kind of and I forgot what happened exactly but these motherfuckers started wilding out he sent me the video um, they're trying to take their bikes he, he's standing there not doing nothing they're trying to take the bikes all up in his face they fucking uh, they tried to assault like he's about 6'4 maintain composure but I I told him personally like yo you should have snuffed that dude like I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't have been mad if you did cause the way he was in his face provoking him continuously continuously huh the cop no the, the, oh, oh he was working he, as a cop he's a cop yeah and the way this dude just like you could see the whole time he was he was in, in the back and they still pressing him pressing yeah, him pressing him the cops are human too no but here's the fucked up part there's a there's a uh, I think she was a sergeant. She's like he's six four. She's easily maybe five three, yeah. five four, five five on a good day. They tried to hem her up. I'd say, yo, if you would have snuffed somebody to you protect her, I'd have no problem with it because yeah. she's just dead doing what she's doing. Yeah, I mean, like we got we got this. Fucked up perception of everything altogether. We we inherently say one thing is bad or good. It's the same way with the military. When they love you, they love you. When they hate you, they hate you. You know, like right. they they love you. They love you when you're doing all the things they don't have to do. You know what I mean so? So it's just a weird time where is your reality a reflection of your current life? Is your reality a fraction of your current life? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I just I think you're, I think you are, you attract what you are. Okay. Now you gotta go. You gotta go deeper than that. You gotta go deeper than that. Pause. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you attract the women to you that are that. Like you're not you're not gonna attract this high profile, you know. Super up there, woman. If you you operating at a different level, I think you attract the woman that's at your level. All right, so I think you attract everything that's at your level. Everything that's at my level. Yeah. If I attract everything that's at my level, and I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Let's say I'm I'm in relationships, right? Yeah. And I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And I've been ghosted each time the last four times. Yeah. But I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Like you told the homegirls, you went you dating in the wrong pot. <laughs> you gotta get off the block. Get off the these block. are all these are all different. Let's say I get four, off the block, my G. Four different women. Four different women, four different places. We, first of all, we in San Diego. So. No, I'm saying four different women in terms of like four different backgrounds. Yeah. Um and, and like from what they do, all all professional women. Yeah. Um I mean, a prof- just because a woman professional don't mean nothing. no, because no, no, you're saying that I, know I need some, to I know some wild professional. No, women. you're saying that I need to get off the block. So I got off the block. There's yeah. four different, four different professional women. Yeah. Right. We're talking about business owners, medical, yeah. all that, all that. I still think you attract what you are. You attract what you are. So yeah. I'm attracting nothing. So then you're saying that you're saying that. I got everything that the that the universe is equipping yeah. me with. If you if if you in future mode, you're gonna attract a gang of lorries, a gang of different the same stuff. Like they they say they say that you date most of the time. Like uh, when you date, you end up dating the same the same person, different face. 
Nah. You don't believe that? I don't believe that. Nah. That's only that's it's, only if you stay in the same realm. Have you had the same issues with each of the chicks you've dated? Pretty much roundabout. That has nothing to do with the same pot. That has something to do with you. You're the common, sure. you're the common denominator. Okay. So then that mean that means the problem or the issue is you right. and not the different faces. Okay. Hmm. But if I if my issue is if my issue is being ghosted and I got this I got I'm saying this because I got this you got ghosted no I got a message about this it was, it was a good question okay. so that's why I'm being vague hmm. um so if I'm being ghosted then are you saying that the universe says that I deserve nothing no I'm not saying that man that's what you said you said you get you get See, I mean, d- d- define. All right, so we talked about this before about really being difficult to date from a, a dating app. Okay, um, are these women that you met on dating apps on social media? Uh, this is not me. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, ju- no, this is what I said. I got this from somewhere. I just don't want to say too much because okay, I'm trying to protect the innocent here for but, sure. No. Um, I think uh, being ghosted. I think it all just depends on what your circumstances are. Number one, we talked about it before being difficult to create a relationship or a connection out of thin air from a dating app, mm-hmm. right? So being ghosted by women on social media, I really don't count it. I think everybody is bored. Um, I've been I've been ghosted a lot on Hinge. Like, <laughs> I, like, I could talk to a chick for a whole day straight and then never hear from her again. No, this 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 person uh, met them. Okay. Had oh. interactions with them, everything. Like, actually, like, established connections and everything with them. Yeah. And... They didn't pan out each one one by one. Like they just didn't pan out. Huh. Yeah, it was crazy because I didn't have a. I didn't know what to tell them. I'm man. scratching my head right now. Yeah, I was, that like, like, That's I was like, what you want me to tell? <laughs> so I just thought I should ask you. Yeah. Uh, uh, you like uh, 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 <laughs> when you, when you, when you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Man, I. I, I would say. Um. I don't know. I think as a man, it's also important to kind of reinvent yourself mm. a little bit. You know what I mean? Add a just add a new. You don't. Have, I wouldn't say reinvent yourself completely, but just add a new. You know, add some more sauce to your to your uh, to your burrito. Yeah, out here cooking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hold up, hold up. Ooh, and we back. Check, 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 check. How was you? Check, check. Right. Oh. I want you to tell us what is your description of a cozy boy. Uh, what isn't a cozy boy is the better question. Okay, all right. Nah, um, for me, it's just you are confident. You are comfortable in your in your current situation, right? Meaning, like, um. You find happiness in the, in just the normal things, whatever it is for you specifically. That's the self care realm. That's the um, being open and honest and, and outgoing with your life. You're at a stage in life where the most important things are your happiness, your health, and your overall enjoyment. No matter what it is that brings it. Yeah. Like as long as you are cozy and doing it. So being a cozy boy is like the highest form of self love. It is it is like uh Super Saiyan God levels of happiness. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. I had to nerd out for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, actually, I never watched Dragon Ball Z. Oh, where? Nah, I've seen a couple episodes. Okay. But all my homeboys, I got a bunch of homeboys that like Dragon Ball Z, and they all kill me for it. Yeah, well, they'll get it. Yeah. Um. Oh, so sliding out of the cozy boy thing, like I was telling you earlier, I just started reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And there were some really old dudes in the Bible. And they started breaking down like their family tree and their lineage. So it was like, okay, Bryant was 365 years old. He gave birth to this son, Brandon, who had 10 boys and five girls. And he will, he lived to be this age. And this dude was like 365 years old. What if he was 37? What do you mean? So... He was 365. 365 years old. What if there was a decimal there, but they missed it? They just missed it. Or or what if if the first two numbers are the actual age Mm -hmm. and the third is like, like in terms of half of the year or whatever they use to measure days and I, years or whatever. I give you that. All right. He was he was thirty six and a half years old. I can okay. See that. He had ten kids. Pop is it, off. Is that Cozy Boy? Yeah, I think he is doing. He was young and reckless. Yeah. That thing. That's that sounds like Cozy Boy at the highest if he at was, the highest form. If he's happy. <laughs> that's like that's God level cozy boy. Hey, Ten kids. He is. Hey man, listen. <laughs> you know what's the funny thing though that I noticed in our parents' generation that was normal. Yeah, a lot of kids to have like five and better. Yeah. Like that is normal. Like to you go into a family reunion. Oh, yeah. these these is your aunts and uncles, and it's like. 14, 15 people. Yeah. And that's just on one side of the family because the other side got like 13. And you're like... But back in the days, though, I mean, the women were at home. Like, right now, you got 13 kids. I mean, obviously, the women will have to stay home. But yeah. child... I mean, not child support. Um, daycare is expensive. That's still 13 kids. For sure. In one spot. Yeah, I mean, the cost of living was a lot cheaper, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that is a lot of popping off. Dang. That is a lot of popping off. If I got 10 kids, we're going to be farmers, all of us, all all 12 of us. I wanted I wanted five. I did want it. I wanted five. I too. wanted five. Yeah. Somebody asked me, why five? Why not five? I just want, I want a full table. I wanted a team. Yeah, I, I, wanted, I wanted a full table. Like, I like the crowded Thanksgivings. I like the crowded, like Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love the crowded Christmases. Where it's like everybody's at the table reaching over each other. You're not celebrating Kwanzaa. You're not celebrating Kwanzaa, brother. Hey, man, I've <laughs> never celebrated Kwanzaa. Do you know the history of the Kwanzaa? I do. Go I break, do. Tell me about it. He tell me about it. All right, we bring. We'll talk about it on the next one. Okay. But that's that's something for me to learn. All right. Kwanzaa. Find out who find out who created it. Kwanzaa. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, that's a terrible joke.
that's a lie.